Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for listening and welcome. Uh, my name is Nikki Tobias. I'm the founder and um, CEO of Grounded Vision Coaching and Consulting. I work with people who want to play bigger in their lives, both uh, personally and professionally. Um, we're here to talk today about values, life values, work values, um, and do some values clarification. I'm super excited. Um, to have a friend and and fellow coach uh, on the phone with me, so we'll get to her in just one second. Um, If you're looking for me out in the the world, uh, you can email me at Nikki at GroundedVisionCoaching.com or on Facebook at Grounded Vision Coaching. I would love to hear from you. You can leave comments on the show uh, through blogtalkradio.com. We'd love your feedback there as well. And if you'd like to call in um, and chat with us today, the phone number is 646-716-9397. If you call that number, you can listen to the show through the phone. If you want to talk to us, make sure that you press 1, and uh, then I'll know that you want to chat with us or have a question or a comment, and and we'll find time to to get you in. So let me uh, introduce uh, my friend and colleague, Jennifer Lake. Um, So, Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how our listeners might be able to reach you? Absolutely. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Great. Um, Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, As Nikki said, my name is Jennifer Lake, and I'm a certified professional life and leadership coach. Um, I also uh, do trainings on leadership um, issues for small companies that will invite me in. Uh, you can find me at jenniferlakecoaching.com. You can email me anytime at lakecoaching at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook uh, as Jennifer Lake Coaching. Um, So pretty easy to find me. Uh, If you know my name, Jennifer Lake, you can find me. (laughs) Sounds perfect. So tell us a little bit about how you got into um, coaching, leadership trainings, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. So coaching um, kind of found me before I even knew what coaching was. Um, You know, I I just really felt – like it was a profession that I was naturally drawn to and was having these kinds of really powerful and transformational conversations with people without knowing that there was an actual profession called coaching. So years later when, um, you know, coaching was much more in the the limelight um, and becoming more and more well-known and I researched it more and more on how to get my professional certifications I realized this is what I've been doing for a long time, um, but really wanted kind of more of the nuts and bolts and and the meat of the art of coaching. And so um, five years ago, I went back to school and um, 
got my professional certifications in coaching through IPEC Coaching, uh, which is the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Graduated from there about five years ago. And, um, you know, and now I'm certified through the International Coach Federation with my uh, PCC accreditation. Um, my undergrad degree is in teaching, uh, in elementary education, actually. So I was a classroom teacher for a while. And so now, you know, combining teaching and coaching together in the, when I have the opportunities to do training, um, it's just a really natural fit and brings me a lot of joy. I, I love to teach and I love to coach. So when I get to do both of those at the same time, it's just a real sweet spot for me. Yes, I love that. All of that is true for me as well. So I, I, I get it. I think it's, it's good. And um I don't know. Sometimes I, I prefer the teaching that happens outside of the classroom to inside the mm-hmm. classroom. That's just a sidebar. Maybe a few less yeah. politics. Yeah. So we wanted to talk today about values. I know it's been a personal journey of mine, and, and only now do I feel like I have a better sense of what my core values are in life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I can probably guess that some of those will remain the same and some of them will change over, you know, the rest of my life as, as I learn and grow and have different life experiences. But what, what's your sense of what a value is and maybe how people come to know what those are for them? Hmm. Yeah. So my sense of what values are, um, are really about kind of what are you naturally drawn to? Like what are the things, uh, if, you t- if we stopped and we took a look at um, the things that we are attracted to in life, um, what are those things and why are those things important? So, for example, for me, um, freedom and flexibility is a really high value to me. Um, and it's really important to me because having freedom and flexibility of schedule allows me to also do things that are important to me, such as be with my children. You know, I have, we have three children, my husband and I. And having freedom and flexibility of schedule um, allows me to be more, you know, um, present with them, um, so how did I come to understand? And that's just one of my, my values. You know, another one of my core values that I'm very aware of is generosity. Um, and I don't say that to pat myself on the back, meaning like I'm a generous woman. I, I say that because it really brings me joy. Even in those times when I am sort of stuck in more of, um, you know, Nikki, you and I have talked about this, a scarcity mindset, um, one of the ways that I combat that scarcity mindset is to practice generosity, whether it's generosity of my time or generosity of my finances um, or my knowledge or whatever it is. So how did I come to to know what my values are Um, in part was through working with a coach, Um, you know, doing a values assessment, um, just learning the language and well, what, what are some of the values, you know, and you, and so looking at a list of, you know, just tons of 
um, sense of words, which ones really stand out to me? Which ones really speak to me? Which ones do I really want more of in my life? Um, so getting clear on that has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, uh, push back on you, coach to fellow coach, about mm-hmm. um, your minimization of, uh, you said something about, um, I say generosity, but not to say it in a way that uh, is about patting myself on the back. And Mm -hmm. um, gosh, you know, our values came to us. We were probably born with some of them, probably grew Mm -hmm. some of them, strengthened some of them throughout our life experiences. What we've seen other people do that we liked, what we saw other people do that we didn't like and wanted to do differently. And so um, if generosity (laughs) is a value of yours, own it, right? You know, yeah, sing it from sure. the rooftops. It isn't about, um, uh, you know, minimizing that. That's that's part of your uniqueness. And and it's even interesting. You know, the more we get to know each other, generosity is is one of mine as well. And and uh, we'll talk in a little bit about how people come to know those things. But um, that was one that hadn't crossed my mind. And I actually fa- figured that out because of the feedback that I got from others about how generous I was. Because I do think part of the challenge about figuring out what your values are is that you're just living them. And so you don't yeah. necessarily recognize them in yourself because it's the, it's who you are. It's the way that you are. It's how you act in the world and, and interact yeah. in the world. And so sometimes it takes that feedback or or something to shine the light back on that thing because it's all you know. It's so mm-hmm. part of who you are that mm-hmm. you don't think twice about it. You just do it. You live it. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Which is why, you know, I think it's so important to have the, that sort of trusted circle of people in your life that you can ask for that kind of feedback, you know, or work with a coach to get that, that feedback. Um, people that can speak truth and, and love into your life and tell you what they see um, your gift to the world being. So, yeah, you know, interesting. Same, same with me when it comes to generosity. Uh, my husband is the one that really has called that out for me in my life. Um, you know, when just different times, you know, he'll say, well, I just feel like you are way more generous than I am. And, and here are these examples. And, you know, at first I was kind of taken aback, like, well, that's just, I mean, all people are like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, no, not right. You know, that's okay. Yeah. You know, we all value different things. It's not good, bad, right, wrong. It's just different. And that's okay. It's just, um, I think you're absolutely right. Um, having other people speak that truth and, and light into you to kind of draw those values out is really important to pay attention to. Yeah. When you said that trusted circle and I, I, um, gosh, you know, that part I think is so important in it. You know, for me, it has to be people that I trust and respect and admire. And I feel the same way, frankly, like I will own one of my personal and professional limits is, you know, I've had some situations where uh, prior supervisors or people in my life um, gave me some critical or as they deemed it constructive feedback that was mm-hmm. much harder for me to hear and to swallow and to take mm-hmm. in because I didn't mm-hmm. really actually feel like they had my best intentions in mind. It was about Absolutely. their insecurity. It was about 
you know, some political something or other. And so, yeah. you know, I think it really matters that you even think through who is in that circle. Like, who do I trust, respect, and admire? Who can yeah. give me positive feedback or even, you know, shine a light on some ways that, that I don't show up as my best self and, you right. know, that will allow me to hear that in a way that I know it is about their love and support and not about them holding me down, holding me back, trying to lift themselves above me, you know, being competitive somehow. Right. Um, Yeah. I call those people my safe people, you know, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's more than even just trusting them because we need people in our lives that will speak that truth and that love, uh, even when it's hard to hear sometimes. But if I, if I trust them and if I feel safe with them, I can receive that in a kind and loving way. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah like, it really I, makes a difference. It does. You know, I, I remember what you just, um, just said kind of reminded me of years ago um, after having my last child, which is about 12 years ago now, I really struggled with losing um, the baby weight and just, kind of kept putting it on. And I, you know, in reality, in hindsight, I was gaining the weight because I was depressed. However, mm-hmm. um, so I'd gone to my doctor and uh, for a normal checkup and my doctor at the time was a very obese man. And I had a really hard time with him almost reprimanding me for not losing the weight yet when um, he was not a model of that himself. And so difficult for me to receive that from him and, you know, the way that that he went about um, more shaming me than, than helping me was, was inappropriate, but that's another topic for another time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but but it, I mean, it, you know, it makes sense because again, it it isn't you know when we when we struggle with something someone says or does, it's often you know how many times have we said it's not what you said, it's how you said it mm-hmm. that was hurtful or that really struck me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, had there mm-hmm. been the same intention and the same um, theme, but different words or a different tone or um, mm-hmm. a different amount of patience with that conversation. Yeah, uh, I would have been able probably to hear that differently, <laughs> yeah, or in a more open way than than you know as defensively as I may have heard it. Yeah. So you yeah. mentioned freedom and flexibility of schedule, and I, I wanted mm-hmm. to say really quickly about that. It's interesting to me, both of us, both you and I, are in sort of network marketing businesses and coaching, and. Mm-hmm. I find that those types of industries, both of them, are really just growing exponentially. And I think it's about this sense in the world of people wanting that freedom, that flexibility of schedule, and also the financial freedom, clearly, the ability to truly live and not just work. But it's so interesting, you know, how big a deal that is, I think, in 2016 and wasn't the same maybe 30 years ago. So even how our values may also be affected by the people around us and the world, the environment around us. Sure. Sort of the cultural values 
you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's busy, 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 right? And how there's mm-hmm. a new push now to not um, perpetuate busy, like to not mm-hmm. make busy mean important or right. effective yeah. or healthy or successful right. or yeah. any of those other positive quote-unquote words that people associate with busy. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a new normal around or getting to be a new normal around health and wellness and, as we said, personal and financial freedom. Yeah. You know, uh, um, about a year ago, I wrote a blog article um, that, you know, you or viewers, anybody can look up on my website um, about busyness. Uh, it's called The Dragon of Busy. And, uh-huh. Just, uh-huh. you know, how um, just this glorification of busy, you know, how it sort of makes us feel important if we have a busy schedule, but in essence, it really is robbing us of so much. Um, so, yeah, it's a good read if you're if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. And I think, you know, lots of parents say that, right? I don't know how my kid got to be however years old mm. or that I miss these things because I was busy in a boardroom or I was working or whatever. And I mean, I don't have children, but for me, it's other things. You know, I was working 65 hours a week at a domestic balance program and children thinking it didn't matter how much money I made if I couldn't take a vacation, if I couldn't not right. be on call, if I, if I couldn't um, sleep, <laughs> take yeah. a day off yeah, to catch up from all the hours and the days before um you know days would go by at work where I wasn't drinking properly and I wasn't eating properly and you know I was having all sorts of yeah. health issues and you know it, it it unfortunately it took that level of intensity to really mm. like look in the mirror and say I don't I love my job but I don't want to live like this mm. and at what point is the are the the benefits or rewards not worth the sacrifice? You know, at some mm-hmm. point that um, the sacrifice outweighs whatever else it is. You know, the reward, the money, um, you know, time with family and friends, all those kinds of things. And and we all say, right, time is your most valuable resource. It's the thing you can't get back. You can gain more energy. You can gain education. You can make more money. You can learn more things. I mean, there's a lot of things we can catch up or get ahead about. Time isn't one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, you know, I think we get addicted to being busy because we fear what will be left in its absence. So like Mm -hmm. we fear, you know, who we may be in the absence of all the things that we've given the power to define us. Um, It takes, yeah, it's it's tough work. It's not not easy, but, um, but it is worth it. When I think about, to add to what you said, I think there's worry, too, that if I don't do X, Y, Z at work, someone else will, and someone mm. else will for cheaper, or, you know, or, yeah. or, or yeah. you know, with less boundaries, with, you know, that yeah. so that we, we stifle being clear about our needs and asking for what we need mm. out sure of do. insecurity that, we'll lose our job, that we'll lose our reputation, that we'll lose a relationship. Yeah. And in reality, we're not enough. I would, right. We, you, know, well, you and I have talked before about not being something enough in so many different parts of our lives and how that really, I think, holds us back too. But um, this sense that if we give up ourselves, somehow we'll succeed. 
And I would argue that I'm, I'm starting to notice in my life, the more I stand strong in what I really believe and asking for what I need and mm-hmm. having good boundaries, mm-hmm. it's better. <laughs> like more opportunities are coming. I feel more genuine. I'm healthier. I have better people in my life. But, you know, um, the, the flow between the universe and I is so much mm-hmm. more powerful and so much more positive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been reflecting a lot on that. I think um, whether you believe in God or the universe or a divine or something else, karma, whatever that is, I think, you know, we were all put here for a reason. That's my belief. And my belief is that everything happens for a reason. So we have all these experiences to learn and to grow, but but that we exist in this time, in this place, in this manner for a reason, to affect other people's lives, for other people to affect us. And so the stronger we can stand in our purpose, in our truth, in our authenticity, in our genuineness, in our strengths, in what makes mm-hmm. us unique, and what we're really good at, mm-hmm. the universe rewards you for that. Mm. And wants to continue to help you play big and stop playing small. Mm, Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, I, um, my husband is a pastor and so together, you know, we are in ministry and, you know, I do believe that God orchestrates all things. Um, And I do believe that, you know, he he desires to um, abundantly bless our lives. And, um, and so it is our right and our responsibility to ask him for those blessings. Um, again, <laughs> living into an abundance mindset, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, the more we seek opportunities that align with our values, the, the less um, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but the the less hard life will feel, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. the less you know, the less forced the job will feel. Um, it becomes more of a kind of natural flow. Um, you know, is it always easy? No, of course it's not. Um, and there are always challenges, and you know, in all challenge, there's opportunity as well. And there's options, um, but we can choose to see the challenge or we can choose to seek the opportunity in it. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, based on what we believe is important to us and, and hence our values. Right. Right. There's a quote out there um, that I remember putting on my Facebook page a million years ago. And what you just said <laughs> sparked that memory about the pressure makes the diamond. Yeah. You know, this sense that it's cold first, but under all this pressure over these years, this beautiful thing comes of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the church, you know, we call it the refining process, like um, just really seeking for God to refine me always um, so that mm-hmm. I may truly, you know, truly be authentically who I've been created to be. Right. Right. Yeah. And some of the challenge, right, is figuring that out. 
<laughs> you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> trusting our gut. And, um, you know, you just mentioned the scarcity model. And, and I've said before on these shows, I want to live in the land of abundance. And, and that mm-hmm. my list is growing and growing. I just posted on my Facebook page the other day, you know, I want to live in the land of abundance and goosebumps, right? And, I, and I'm starting to make business decisions and decide what's going to happen next based on, what gives me goosebumps related to my business and related to who I want to work with and who I want to work for, what gives me goosebumps. And then the Candace Payne Chewbacca mom video came out and I was so, I just loved that. I watched it over and over again and I loved the play that it got. And for me, it truly spoke to how badly our universe needs joy and true, (laughs) genuine like belly laughter, laughter Mm. to the point of tears. And people just, I mean, that video went viral and she's gotten all this great, um, you know, sort of reinforcement Mm. for being genuinely who she is. And living in that present moment with complete and utter joy and makes the point of saying, you know, there's people standing outside my car like staring at me like I'm crazy and I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> you know, this is my moment. And she didn't even know it was going to be her moment globally. But right. that was her couple minutes of her day away from the kids, having a good time, honoring herself and her joy. And so my list went from um, abundance to abundance and goosebumps to abundance, goosebumps, and Candace pain-like laughter. <laughs> and now some things have happened that I thought, this is a universe, God, divine thing. Like, this is bigger than me, and let yeah. me be thankful. So now faith and gratitude are on the list, and um, yeah. I, w- I will guess it will continue to grow. But um, yeah. what we look for, we find. So if we look for yeah. negative, if we look for hard, if we look for um, uncomfortable and difficult and, and um, strain, you'll find those right. things. Right, but and if those you are look fear based, laughter right? and say that again. Those are fear based values then. Yes. Or just that that's frankly where your comfort zone is. You know, you find that people that are gossipy are always gossipy. The people mm-hmm. who are dramatic mm-hmm. are always dramatic. Like they'll look for things to have mm-hmm. there be drama about. The people that see the glasses half empty will always find other things that are not something enough. Sure. As opposed to a lens of, you know, okay, this is a really difficult situation, but what did I learn? Where do Mm. I go from here? How do I, you know, teach somebody else about the lesson I learned or, uh, you know, turn it into a different experience for myself? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I got off topic, but you had mentioned um, freedom and flexibility of schedule and generosity as some of your core values. Are there others that you're really aware of lately? Um, community or sort of connecting with others is a is a very important value of mine as well. And um, you know, I. I I love to connect with people one-on-one and really like quickly get past the kind of surface level stuff and just, you know, know more about who they are and what makes them tick and experiences that they've had. And, and then also being able to share those things about myself. You know, I think it's a, a lesson in, 
authenticity and, and human connection. So mm-hmm. um, definitely aware that community and connecting connection with others is a high value. Um, health and wellness is a, is a very high value for me as well. I know that that is a, a value of yours also. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so I choose to say no to certain things so that I can honor health and wellness above other things um, and say mm-hmm. yes to opportunities that will enhance my health and wellness, whether it's physical fitness or nutrition or emotional well-being, um, you know, or spiritual practice, um, whatever it needs to look like for me, um, just more and more, I know, I don't know if it's that, you know, I'm getting older or my, my children are getting older or what, but just refining what's really, truly important. And, you know, I'd much rather, have um, experiences than material objects. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, financial finances, I mean, that's a, that's a value and that's important, but only be, for, for me, only because it allows me to do certain things. It allows me to experience certain things. So those are some other values of mine. Yes. Well, and that raises the point about there's sort of needs versus values, needs versus wants. You know, I need to pay the bills. But it would be nice if I had financial freedom so that I could make memories. Right? Mm -hmm. Those are different perspectives on a similar issue or topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through, I wanted to tell everybody, if you just sort of Google um, core values or core values list, you know, I found one in preparation for this show that, um, I don't know, three and a half printed pages long, just columns wow. and columns of words. Um, so there's plenty out there. And mm-hmm. I think if you really have no idea um, what yours might be, to what you said earlier, you know, find those family members, friends, colleagues that you really trust, respect, and admire, that you feel safe with, and, and ask them what they perceive your values are. Um, you know, look through the list and see which really resonate for you. There were plenty that I checked that that I thought, yeah, that's important. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, that's important. But there Mm -hmm. were um, like six that I was like, I cannot live without this in my life, right? Mm -hmm. They're non-negotiable. It's not about, well, that's really important to me at work, but it's not as important to me in my personal life or vice versa, or that's really nice, but it isn't necessary. And, and I would say my, um, the ones I came from, from the list that are um, absolutely non-negotiable for me are integrity. Um, Mm -hmm. I often hear myself say, gosh, can't people just do what they say they're going to do? (laughs) show up who they say that they are why is this so difficult you know that's (laughs) that's kind of a a pet peeve something I hear myself say over and over again so integrity is important to me Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very very intentional and I think through a lot of things before I do them and I'm I'm conscientious of um, repercussions or consequences on me or other people in my life based on the decisions that I'm making so try to be really intentional. Um, we talked about generosity. Um, thoughtful, I think, probably goes with generosity because I really think through what would be really helpful to so-and-so right now, mm-hmm. right? Is it 
a note? Is it a prayer? Is it a small gift? Is it my time? Is it some funny joke on their Facebook page? You know, what is it that might be really helpful and supportive of that person that day? And, um, you know, giving for the sake of giving, but giving so that it matters to them. And that goes back to, I think I've talked in my my radio show before about love languages and languages of appreciation in the workplace. You Mm -hmm. know, I can give and give and give and be super generous, but if it isn't their love language, if it isn't something that they can really um, internalize, then Mm -hmm. it's not all that effective. And then it makes Mm -hmm. it more about me than about them. And so I try to be really thoughtful and intentional about what is their love language, what's going to be really helpful for them in, in terms yeah. of my generosity. Yeah. The um, Five Love Languages is a great book. It's such a good book. And like I said, mm-hmm. I, they have one for kids now and then yeah. I've come upon I, the newest one about the languages of appreciation in the workplace. And I so love that because it just reminds us that it isn't just about our, our sort of intimate or closest relationships. It's true with every interaction we have with hmm people on a regular basis, that there's a way they want to be treated. And, you know, many of us grew up with this sort of sense of the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. And now this new thing, newer thing has come out about the platinum rule, how you treat people the way they want to be treated, because assuming that they want to be treated the way you want to be treated is, um, it just misses the mark. And it's pretty self-centered. And I just think we're in a world where we could stand to, hold the door for one another and to smile and to say, hello, how's your day? Right. um, And I think the golden rule, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. I I don't, I personally don't believe that, you know, it's ever rooted in any selfishness. Um, But I think it has become, uh, you know, more as we, as, as humanity has, you know, evolved and we've just learned more. We've learned more about human behavior. We've learned so much more about human interaction. We've learned so much more about love and respect. I think, um, you know, you're absolutely right. The the platinum rule, I've actually not heard it, um, not heard that term, the platinum rule. But, um, yeah, treating people the way that they want to be treated. Well, that takes, that takes work, right? Like, that takes connection. That takes knowing knowing that person um, and not making assumptions about what that person needs, wants, values, but mm-hmm. really knowing. And how do we know? We need to connect. We need to ask. We need to care. We need to, you know, to value them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think that the golden rule was ever, you know, naturally rooted in um, selfishness. But um, I, I think that you're right. I think that we have had that wrong for a long time. So yeah, yeah treating others. Well, and it really proves, I think. Do. Yeah, it proves to the other person. You know, if you are thoughtful, if you are intentional, if you if you have that connection, as you said earlier, um, I hope that it shows that person how much you care about them. That that relationship yeah. matters to you, and that. Right. You know, it isn't it isn't about just you. It's about that connection. It's about that relationship. It's about um, you know building that bridge. You know, yeah, ongoing. So you're willing to be uncomfortable so that the other person 
is comfortable, you know, or you're willing to be uncomfortable for a, for a little while so that the other person can get what they need as well. And in a world where we have lots of things that we can be, we, that we can disagree about or be disagreeable about or debate about <laughs> or, you know, just have, there's so many things that feel so um, opposite one another on a continuum, you know, so far afield from one another that these tiny things you can do to honor another person and who they are and the way that they show up in the world and, and treat them how they want to be treated I think strengthens mm -hmm. the bond so that when you disagree or when you debate or when you do something they don't particularly appreciate or, or respect or agree about or, you know, whatever those things are, it mm -hmm. doesn't have to crumble the relationship. It, it, it creates that room and that bond to be able to have what some people would frame as a difficult conversation with someone because yep. that other person knows that you believe that relationship matters and hopefully they believe the relationship matters. And so together we can get through some of these difficult talks, these difficult topics mm -hmm. because we know one another's heart. We know one another's intention and we mm -hmm. give each other the grace and patience to be, to think differently, to feel differently, to have a different experience and to learn from one another about what those are. Absolutely. Those are hard conversations to have. It's, it's funny you bring that up because just um, just this week on Tuesday, um, my friend and I, so the, part of my coaching world, um, as you know, Nikki, is with Team Beachbody. And I do a lot of health and wellness coaching with Team Beachbody. And um, as I you know, build my customer base with Team Beachbody and my own team of coaches. Um, I'm working with a friend who's also a coach. And so we call each other, you know, our success partners. And um, we've had to have, as success partners, we've had to have some difficult conversations about, um, you know, some things that might make us uncomfortable because maybe there's some competition or there's this feeling of competition or, um you know, there's this um, worry that, you know, I'm not going to get get this sale or this customer and, and my success partner is or just whatever it is, you know, whatever the, the rub is there. Those have been really hard conversations to have. But I will I will tell you that um, they have only deepened and strengthened our friendship. Um, yeah. They felt really hard to have those conversations because it requires such an intense level of vulnerability and yeah. honesty. Yeah. Um, but again, like she's a safe person for me so we can have those conversations, but they are uncomfortable. However, yeah. They're also almost miraculous in what happens when you, you know, when you, when you uh, find the courage to have those conversations. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, tough stuff. <laughs> it is really difficult, but, you know, just like you said, you were really vulnerable in those times, and hopefully she, too, shows up really vulnerably. And then you yeah. trust that you can continue to be vulnerable because you both showed yeah. up that way in your yeah. truth, whether or not they were in agreement. And you supported one another in your truth, even if you ended up to disagree about how that 
how mm-hmm. it happens or the, the logistics of it, you know, when it was all said and done. I One of the things I tell people who I'm coaching or who I'm facilitating with is, you know, one of the things I I really honor and, and show up as a coach is I will always tell you the truth. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth with the intention of, you having a better life, you getting the success that you want or need. Because I feel like, I mean, I knew it when I was an executive director. It was hard. You know, I I found that that sentence, like, it's lonely at the top, was really true because there were things I wasn't ready to talk to the board about. There were things I couldn't talk to the staff about. It felt really lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in those moments of of, uh, some sort of positional leadership, sometimes it's really hard to find people who want to tell you the truth. And who are willing sure. to tell you the truth for your benefit, not out of competition or mm-hmm. to hold you back, mm-hmm. hold you down, stifle you doing what you're doing out of their own fear or insecurity, you know. Yeah. And so that's the value I find in coaching and counseling is is for me, I think showing up at a really good coach, going to counseling sessions, it's some of the only times that those people who are giving you feedback have no other agenda than your wellness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what you choose to do doesn't affect them. Right. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about a coaching relationship is is that exactly. Right. So one of the things we were um we started talking about is how do we know, right? So I had mentioned we can look at these lists and sort of see what truly resonates, like what gives you goosebumps, what makes you feel like absolutely this is a non-negotiable, it needs to be a part of my life. Some Mm -hmm. of the other ways that I've figured it out, we talked about feedback. Some people have had to say to me, hey, you're really generous, you're really thoughtful, you're really intentional. And then even that, I I couldn't sort of just swallow. Like I had to then reflect on like, (laughs) what evidence do I have that that's the case or that that's the way that I show up in the world? Doesn't everybody do that, as you said earlier? So that's a part for me. I sort of mentioned a second ago, what do I always hear myself say or what, what really frustrates me? What pushes my buttons? And, and that may be a core value. So, you know, when I'm frustrated that like all these people in the world don't do what they say they're going to do, why can't they just do what they say they're going to do? For me, that equates to integrity, you know, show up the way you tell me you're going to show up, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And then um, one of the ones that my counselor said to me that I thought was really powerful is, what do you defend? Like, what do you find yourself being hmm. defensive about or really defending or fighting for? Like, what are you protecting? Yeah. And what yeah. you're protecting might be because it's a really core internal value of yours. Absolutely. Are there any other ways that you've come upon, you know, your finding of values or your client's finding of their values that helps them know that that's a core value of theirs? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I would just have to agree with you there. With what you just said, you know, what do you find yourself fighting for? Um, you know, I think you said maybe being defensive of, but I, I would, you know, what are the things that, kind of the things that, that keep you up at night, you know, mm-hmm. what are the things that you hear or see that really strike a chord? Um, so like, for example, for me, I, I, and I need to do some more work on this, you know, even us, you know, as coaches, we're constantly refining ourselves, right? We've not ever really 
Let's arrived. hope so. so. Let's hope all the yeah. coaches in the world are working yeah. on themselves as hard as they're working on everybody else. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, you and I will, will attest to this. Um, just constantly refining ourselves. And so this is definitely an area that I need to flush out some more, but I know for me, you know, the, um, issues of adoption and justice in the world when it comes to children is so important to me. Um, I know where it stems from on a personal level, you know, I've done enough work personally and with a counselor and with a coach to unpack all of that. Um, and so, you know, issues of social justice when it comes to children, um, are just, I don't know how to define that necessarily as a core value, but there's something there for me that just really, there are few other things in this world that I would fight as hard for than adoption and, um, and and justice when it comes to taking care of orphans. Um, And I do more. I know that I, you know, there, there is more that I want to do. And as life, you know, changes and my schedule frees up more in, in years to come as my own, my own children grow and, you know, will eventually move out of the house. I mean, we've still got years for that to happen, but that will happen someday. And, and that time will then arise and I will be able to, to use that for that. But yeah, still some more flushing of that, that I, that I need to do personally, for sure. That raised a, one that I hadn't um, sort of jotted down, but have come to find to be true. I've always found myself in situations where I've been an advocate or a fighter for folks who either can't speak for themselves or or won't be heard. Um, and so that's why my work at a domestic violence shelter and program was, was so important because I knew that I could be heard. I knew that I could advocate for folks who didn't have the strength or didn't have the language or didn't know the systems, whatever that situation was. Um, you know, that I was going to be the squeaky wheel. I didn't mind being the bad guy sometimes in in the district attorney's office or with law enforcement or, you know, however that played out because, um, you know, they needed someone to walk with them and to fight with them and for them against Mm -hmm. all these other things that were really challenging in the world and their situation. And so, yes, I mean, uh, you know, that's a good point around social justice and and I think the the thing that we have in common about that is those orphans those kids can't fight for themselves they're not being heard or paid Absolutely. attention to in the way we would hope and so um, you know, yep. they need other people to care enough to get involved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yep 100% agree <laughs> and you know we've had the privilege of um, experiencing the miracle of adoption in our own family as one of our one of our three children is adopted and uh you know, I am, I don't know, I could go on and on about it. I mean, I am a changed woman because of that experience in such profound ways um, and continue to be. So. Well, and I give you huge, huge kudos about that. It's it's something that I've looked into. And my mm. argument about that is the process is entirely too hard. It is mm. entirely too hard for amazing people in the world to adopt children who never ask to not have parents Mm. and want nothing more than to be loved. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, my, one of my, you know, soapboxes is it's easier. It's not easy, but it's easier to adopt a kid in another country than it often is to adopt one of our own kids here in the United States. And, and just the financial requirements of being able to adopt. I mean, mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah, I, I'd say yes and no. So it is it is changing. And, it, and as far as international adoption goes, I mean, that all depends on the country. There are, you know, each country has its own laws and regulations. Some countries are closed and you will not be able to adopt from those countries. Some are, are open and you can, but there's red tape and bureaucracy and just all kinds of stuff. Um, and then, you know, in, in the States, um, you know, adoption really is changing. We adopted our son 12 years ago, and uh, um, a lot has changed in those 12 years. Um, and, you know, adopting through the foster care system is um, much easier than, than adopting uh, privately, like through a private agency, much, much easier. But, you know, you also have all kinds of, uh, baggage and risks that come with foster care adoption um, as well. So, you know, it, education, education, education. I mean, there are tons of resources out there. And, you know, when it comes to adoption and, and wanting to explore that more and more, the, my best piece of advice to people is to talk to as many people as you can that have adopted and just hear about mm-hmm. their experiences. Hear about their experiences and, and let them share with you how they went about it and ask the scary questions, scary questions, you know, of, the financial questions and uh, mixed race uh, questions. I mean, we, you know, our son, I am a white Caucasian um, woman. My husband, you know, white as well. We have two biological white children, but our adopted son is, you know, 100% African-American. And so we face issues um, because of that. And we have, you know, faced societal issues and, we, you know, forge through and we fight those racial issues and we bring awareness. I mean, all of the, all of the negativity that we have ever received or that our son has received because of the color of his skin is based on ignorance. And, um, you know, we have learned that we can't protect him from that, but we can um, educate him on, on that it will happen. You know, you can't keep it from happening. You can only prepare for it for it to happen kind of thing so um and for you all to support him when it does you know for him to feel like he's not alone in that fight absolutely so valuable so valuable well and hopefully someday we'll live in a world where that isn't what we're talking about anymore you know it's a non-issue brings tears to me brings tears to me can't do it well we're Mm -hmm. running out of time the other questions I was thinking about um, posing to us if we had more time mm-hmm. so maybe we can think about a part two I'm not sure yeah. Um, yeah. but would be around um, do your values ever conflict with one another mm-hmm. um, when your values conflict with other people's core values that you really care mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, and the difference I think between values and feelings and you know yeah. how how they're the same and how they're different and yeah um, or belief right yes yeah mm-hmm. that's a good one to add too so yeah there might so, be some future conversations about that yeah I actually was doing some some research in preparation for this call and came across some really um, valuable information from 
the uh, Barrett Values Center, um, Dr. Richard Barrett, whom I had not been familiar with prior to doing this research, but he does a he um, was talking about you know beliefs based decision making versus values based decision making, mm-hmm. and I took some notes that I would be happy to share if we have the time. I thought it was I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, well, go ahead. Why not? If you're good, you, yeah. if you're good for okay. it, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Well. So, so basically, you know, belief-based decision-making um, relies on using what we've learned from the past to make a decision for the future. And that can sound attractive and appealing because it's familiar, but when we do that, we're, we're really perpetuating what we believe. And what we believe may not necessarily be true for us. So it might be rooted in fear and, and limiting beliefs, Right. And so we are kind of perpetuating ways of making decisions based on our past um, or past experiences, not on what it is that we would like to create for our future. So values-based decision-making is really, it allows us to kind of interrupt that link to the past when it's appropriate and then, you know, make a decision based on what we want to experience in the future um, rather than, you know, subconsciously create something because, a lot of times the belief-based decision-making that we fall into has these fear-based beliefs that are attached to them. And therefore we're just kind of repeating the cycle of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, when we make decisions from, you know, our values, so values-based decision where we kind of bridge, we build a bridge, right? We bridge that gap between the past and the future, which is a lot of what we do in, in coaching as well. Yeah. Um, it really allows us to choose how we want to show up and what experiences we want to invite into our lives. Um, and so being aware or conscious, you know, of what our values even are will allow us to create the conditions then that we, um, the, the conditions in which we can experience the feelings that come along with the value, um, thereby strengthening those values that we say we, you know, we hold dear. Um, and I believe, you know, it, it helps us to live a more authentic life, um, a life that's more, um, the right word, kind of in, in harmony, right? Like a life that's more in a natural congruent. flow. Yeah, mm-hmm. congruent. Yep, exactly. Um I mean, living a life where you keep compromising your values is only going to lead to a mindset of scarcity. Um, right, right. Yeah. And so, you know, you and I had talked about, um, in talking about this show, like, talking about, well, why does it even matter? Like, why does it matter that we know what our values are? Um, and so, you know, there's five things that I think are important in, in why does this matter? Well, Knowing our values uh, or knowing what values are important to you, um, I, I think that it helps us respect ourselves, right? So being able to then communicate with others what it is that's important to you. Um, you know, people will treat us the way that they treat us in part because we've, at some level, given them permission to do so until we stand up for, for what we want to invite into our life. Um, you know, that won't change. And so why does knowing your values, why is that important? Well, you'll respect yourself more and others will respect you more as well. 
Um, I also think it helps us refine what we want. So in other words, get clear, you know, what is it that we want to our life to reflect? What is it that we want to create for our family? I mean, I don't want to be 55 years old someday and wake up and be like, how the heck did I get here? How Mm -hmm. in the world is this my life? Um, And sadly enough, I have worked with clients that are, you know, 55, 60 years old asking that question. And and it is a sad realization. Um, So I think it helps us really refine what we want. I also think it helps us um, reflect a desired life. So there, you know, this, there are so many opportunities um, and, you know, shiny objects out in the world that just pull for our attention and our time. And there's just so many. And I think knowing what our values are will help us to say no to the shiny objects that really won't serve us and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and find what um, one of my favorite authors is a woman named Lisa Turkhurst. Um, she has a book called the best yes. And so I feel like, I feel like knowing um, being in tune with what our values are helps us to say no to, to the shiny objects that keep pulling at our attention and say, you know, give our best yes so that um, our life becomes really a reflection of that which we authentically want and believe we've been created to express at our core, like you just talked about before. Um, well, and that fits with what you said earlier about health and wellness, right? Like sometimes we have to mm-hmm. say no to the ice cream sundae to say yes mm-hmm. to better blood pressure or yeah. losing weight or, you know, whatever that other thing is. And, and it can be really hard in the moment. You know, somebody wants to go out, like all your friends are going out for dinner and you want to go out for dinner. So do you choose to go and say, oh, it doesn't matter, I'm going to eat crazily? Or do you choose to go and still be mindful of your choice in what you order, or do you choose not to go, right? That yeah. that all of those decisions are within our control. And so is it no to immediate gratification for yes for the long-term gain? You know, like, yeah. and, and it's, I think every day we weigh those choices too, right? Is it about what we want big picture, or is it mm-hmm. about what we want right this second? Is what we'll, is what we want right this second opposite or fly in the face of what we want long-term and how do we moderate those yeah. things? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and, and, yeah. and, you know, health and wellness is sort of an easy one to choose there, but it faces us in a million ways every day about your energy, about how you react absolutely. to something that your kids do, about your boss, about, um, how you choose to spend your time, how many hours you're on Facebook. I mean, on and on and mm-hmm. on and on, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, one of the things I just got licensed as a desire map facilitator and, and her Danielle Laporte's big, um, the phrase is how do you want to feel with the mm-hmm. sense that sort of similarly to these vision or this um, talking about our values is if you start making decisions regarding how do I want to feel in my life? What do I want my life to look like? What is every day? How do I want to feel every day? And I would mm-hmm. argue then with this, how, like how do I want to support my values every day? Then you mm-hmm. start making decisions that align you with how you want to feel. You make decisions that align you with honoring your values. You make mm-hmm. decisions that align you with spending more time with your kids or 
uh, eating fewer ice cream sundaes, <laughs> whatever that thing is, that yeah. you're able to better choose, like to not get caught up in the moment or the the chaos of you know buying that thing when you want to be able to be paying off credit card debt, buying that thing when you want to save money. If yeah. you know, if you're clear about what you want your life to look and feel like, if you're clear about how that will feel. Mm-hmm. Many, many times that clarity, that motivation can help you say no now to have a yes later because the yes later, like, feels so right, is so motivational. It is so um, clarifying. Yeah, absolutely. I was came across this quote um, just today, actually this morning, as I was kind of reading through some more material. Um, the It says, there can be no happiness if the things we believe in are different from the things we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there can be no happiness if the things we believe in are different from the things that we do. And that's from Freya Stark, who's a British explorer and travel writer. And um, I thought, it's just so true. And that, you know, it's that gut feeling, right? So values drive our behaviors and when we make decisions for our future based on the kinds of values that we want to express, we'll feel much more fulfilled in our work life and our relationships. Um, and I think it's important to remind ourselves that it, it, it simply isn't enough to keep hanging on to a job or a relationship because it's a, because of its potential that you can, can see of it. You know, I think right. I'm a, I'm a soccer mom. And so I speak sometimes in soccer mom terms, but I think it's like hanging on to a deflated soccer ball because you know, the soccer balls, have great potential to provide hours of fun and activity, you know, well, mm-hmm. yeah, they do, but this one is not serving that purpose for me right. or my children at all. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, yeah. I also think that, Those I also are think some big conversations. Those are some like sit in a dark room with a candle lit times in our lives, right? I mean, I, you know, I say that sort of, uh, you know, just to provide a visual, but I, I truly believe that part of what's happening in our world is that some people are getting really enlightened, truly, like are, are getting reflective, are coming upon what they value, what they need versus what they want, how they want to feel. Um, you know, we talked for a million years about a glass ceiling and about work-life balance and and all those things, and we're getting to a place now where I think it's a whole lot more than talk, that people want mm-hmm. to live lives that are genuine and authentic and matter, and Definitely. where they show up as their best selves and, and not about everyone else's expectation for them or their life or the, yeah. the shoulds, coulds, and woulds, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I think it's important to note, yeah, right. And I think it's important to note that that has nothing to do with the balance in your bank account, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that um, success in life doesn't need to be defined with the amount of money that you make. <laughs> um, we live in a very money-driven society, and uh, there's a lot of... Uh, um, weight given to and, and power given to, you know, what your income is or is not. And that doesn't define, we know this. I mean, that doesn't define happiness. It doesn't define authenticity. It doesn't help you respond authentically. Um, 
you know, understanding and then leading from our values will bring about and really will bring about an internal peace and authenticity. I feel like when you say the word authentic is really overplayed anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And so I hesitated to even really use that word, but the truth is you'll know when you're making a decision based on your value system, because it will simply sit well with your soul. Um, right. Absolutely. You know, we're unable to be involved with a job or, sell a product that we don't really believe in. And if you don't believe in what you're doing or the priorities that your life has taken, it's simply because they rub wrong with your personal values. So pay attention to that, right? I mean, how do we know what our values are? Pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on with, inside of you. Pay attention to how you're feeling when you're doing X, Y, or Z. Um, start being, you know, start paying attention to those things. That will help. Yeah, and what your body tells you, right, is your belly tight. Is your heart and your chest area tight, you know, or is there peace? Can you exhale? Are you hyperventilating? I mean, really, literally, our bodies tell us things all the time. We're so busy being busy or so busy ignoring it that, you know, we don't sit in that for a second and say, like, how does that feel or where do you feel it? Does it feel good? Does it not feel good? And I would argue that piece around money, you know, I think there are people who would tell us as coaches that, having a lot of money is a value. And I would argue that that's probably a symptom or a side effect that the value is around having a life you want, being able Mm -hmm. to vacation or around financial freedom and a lack of stress in that area. Maybe it's about having that money because you're taking care of a parent or your children. You want to provide a certain life to some family member, you know, or you want to be generous. Go ahead. I would say, oh, yeah, or, you, you know, because it allows you to practice generosity, you know, financial generosity in a way that you, you know, really want to, you know, sponsor a child through Compassion International, go visit that child, go, you know, whatever it looks like. Um, sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 that's okay. I just, I think sometimes we got to dig a little deeper is all I'm saying. If, if your value is aligned with something that feels a little surfacey, um, yeah. Or even if it's not, I mean, there's no reason why you can't sort of check yourself. Like, is that what that's really about? Or Mm -hmm. is it because it lets me do something else or it lets Mm -hmm. me feel this other way? Because maybe then the doing or the feeling is the value. You're looking at the mechanism with which you get there, right? And so that, that might miss the mark a little bit. I just would encourage people to really dig deep about, um, you know, and anytime they're coming up with with their values, you know, is that a means to an end or is that the end? Like that's the thing or that's a means of getting the thing and how how that yep. plays itself out. Yep. Yeah. Think of it, you know, just you think of it like an onion. I mean, keep peeling away those layers. Keep asking those questions. Well, OK, what is that about? You know, OK, well, now what is that really about? You know, and mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Um I think our core values take time to understand um, mm-hmm. and take some hard work to really dig through. I mean, often we don't give ourselves the space to stop and reflect and meditate and pray and seek those things out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, um, I think you're right. I mean, I agree with you that there's a lot of, surface level stuff that um, requires just more difficult 
soul searching, like, why is it that that's important to me? What does that say about me? You know, what does that allow me then to do? Um, And then, okay, well, then what does that then allow me to do? And you kind of get a little bit deeper and you're like, oh, there it is. That's really my core value. That's the foundation of it. Yeah. And ensuring that what we believe that we value isn't because we feel pressure from our families or society or this nice car we're supposed to have because we are a certain, we work in a certain industry, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like, it's like, you know, again, the shoulds, the coulds, and the woods, like, is this really mine or have Mm -hmm. I taken that on from something else that I hear on a regular basis or that I've come to believe and that belief needs a little uh, light Mm -hmm. shed on it. You know, that, that Mm -hmm. belief needs a little, um, questioning and, and challenging and digging a little deeper. Yeah. So and we've you about, and I talk, go ahead. I was just going to say you and I have talked about that before with, you know, um, work that, um, that I've done with stay at home moms, you know, and just the, the guilt that can often set in and it doesn't quite yeah. feel right, but society right. tells us it should, it should feel right. Well, what, what about when it doesn't, what then? Yeah. Yeah. And this sentiment of I can have it all, I can't have it all, what does it mean to have it all? <laughs> you know, even how everybody throws yeah. around, like I said earlier, this sort of life balance piece. Well, life balance is entirely different for every single person that in this world. Absolutely. So yeah. that doesn't yeah. have a definition. That's about what balance means for you. And yeah. listen, if, if, if anybody hears anything in this conversation, Jennifer, it's that <laughs> they should hire a coach. Right? They should yeah, call you. They it. should call me. We should work with people who want to play bigger in their lives because there are always ways to play bigger. And when you're playing bigger in your authentic and genuine self, it's easier mm, yeah. than playing small in a world that isn't yours. Yeah. Yes, not only is it easier, but it is way more enjoyable. <laughs> yes, it feels better. It, it's it, like I said, I, you know, I'm I'm in better flow with the universe when I'm more honest with myself, and when mm-hmm. I ask whether it's my boss or my friends or people that I care about or you know, the universe for what I need, I have a better chance of getting it rather than assuming everybody just knows and that they should just provide it <laughs> to me. Um, Absolutely. You know, we live in the land of well, because you know I want this, everybody else must want it, and so just like we were talking about earlier, the golden and the platinum rule is like. No, it doesn't really work that way. But we get really frustrated right. when people don't do what we want when we haven't told them what that is. <laughs> right. And sometimes that's we made, that stems we made from a a, Yeah, well, sometimes it stems from the belief that we don't, we're not worthy of what we feel like we want, you know? And that's a yeah. whole other you know, reason another. to hire a coach. <laughs> yeah. But I also think, too, we, we have this sort of owner's manual, right? We have this, like, instruction book for the world and everybody in our lives has a page in it and every everything has a page in it and so we have these expectations about how they live or how they treat us or what they do and we haven't told them like we haven't shared that right. page with them so then we're really frustrated that they don't do those things it's like well, wait a minute you know how would they know that that's what you need or want you know last time I checked I, I don't know about everybody else in the world but I don't have ESP so um, right 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 yeah it reminds me of you know we we just got a new puppy a few weeks ago and he really doesn't know what I want. He's only three months old. I mean, he's not even three months old. He doesn't really know exactly what I want him to do yet until we, we train him. You know, we ask him right. for what we want or what we need yeah. um, multiple times. 
<laughs> yep. And, and, and uh, use consistent language while you're doing it. Yes, and I think that's a true yes, guidepost yes. in the world, too, is you have to be yes. consistent about what those things are. Well, yeah, I hate to so cut us off, but I need to yeah. cut us off at this point. So like no I said, problem. maybe we can chat and continue um, this conversation another time. I want yeah, to tell our fine. listeners there's another uh, show on the Life Coach Radio Network um, tomorrow, the 10th of June at 2 p.m. Um, we have a brand new Life Coach Radio host, Errol McClendon, um, and he's on tomorrow, also the 10th, June 10th at noon i will be on as a guest host uh, the wonder twin power hour on june 16th at 4 p.m and then my regular show again will be on uh, june 23rd at 10 a.m so i hope you'll listen about all of that um and you know find us find life coach radio network find the life coach chat channel um, on blogtalkradio.com. Subscribe to those channels on iTunes so that you get all the podcasts and you can pick and choose who you want to hear and um, meet some new other different coaches talking about different things, see what you like. And please, folks, please, um, whether you listen to it on iTunes or you listen to it on the archive, review it, like it, share it, help other people that you care about um, hear the things that might help make their lives better. Um mm. That's, that's you know, the, there's a phrase out there that when the tide comes in, all ships rise. And, mm. um, you know, that can be a way to be generous with your friends and family. Hey, I heard this great podcast. I think you might enjoy it. Or, hey, I've been listening to this coach um, on this website. Do you want to check it out? Um, because you just never know, you know, it's entirely possible that that friend or family member of yours has been asking the universe to provide them with something, and you sharing that podcast was the something. It was the answer to their prayer or their request or, um, you know, the, the energy that they were emitting into the world. And so, um, you know, share generously um, with with information and 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 look, you know, I love discussion and debate. So if you don't agree <laughs> with things that that we have to say on this uh, on these channels, on these podcasts, on these shows, um, the radio shows, write in. We'd love 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 to hear about that too. So Jennifer, can you remind everybody about your contact information and how they can reach you if they'd like to hire you? Yeah, absolutely. So. Again, my name is Jennifer Lake, L-A-K-E, and uh, you can find me at jenniferlakecoaching.com. Uh, you can email me at lakecoaching at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Jennifer Lake Coaching um, on Facebook. And so those are three really easy ways to, um, to find me. If you, if you go to my website, jenniferlakecoaching.com, there is an option, like a um, contact button, and um, you can just fill out a form and I will get an email and I can get right back in touch with you. So lots of ways to find me. Good, good, good. And for the listeners who are looking for me, um, Dr. Nikki Tobias, uh, you can email me at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at groundedvisioncoaching.com. Uh, and on Facebook also at Grounded Vision Coaching. Um, I hope you'll reach out to us. You know, see if Jennifer or I are a right fit, if there's a conversation that, that we can have that will improve your life. Um, you know, that's what coaches want to do. We want to be there to be witnesses and good partners for the journey um, to help everybody live the life that, that they're here and meant to live. So thank you so much, Jennifer. This is a great talk. Let's so sincerely chat about maybe some future talks. We can continue this yeah. clarification one and, 
Um, yeah. You said lots of other neat things about adoption and single parenthood and health and wellness and lots of other avenues we could pursue. So thank you. Thank you for joining Definitely. me. Um, Anytime. I'm, I'm humbled and privileged to do it, honestly. So thank you. It's been so much fun. So everyone out there that's listening, um, be good to yourself. Be good to one another and have a great day. Thank you.